0: Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go Power
1: Rangers! <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode one of season two of our award-winning podcast. Heyo! Uh... Eventually, Dave, I'm going to find these awards that I keep claiming that someone has given to us. You know, Matt, there are uh, places that you can go online that will just make you awards. You can just have them. Well, maybe we'll do that, and maybe that will be a future uh, star in one of our award-winning segments. (laughs) But Dave, this is the first episode of Season 2. This is Episode 1 of The Jetman with the Golden Gun. Ooh, Love it. I'm excited. Love the name. I'm excited. Love the show. Very pumped up. Guys, Yeah, I cannot tell Thanks you. Thanks to... My dear listener, I cannot tell you how many names we have rejected for this season of the show. <laughs> Just so many. We had Benny and the Jetman. Leave it on a Jetman. Leave it on a Jetman. Jetman Radio Future. Uh, The J- uh, Jetman of Constant Sorrow. Mm, that was good. Uh... uh, Jetman Fuel Can't Melt Steel Beams. That was that was iffy. That was Very real iffy. iffy. We decided against yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, did not go with that one. Uh, what was the one? What was the Paul McCartney song, Matt? Well, that song is just Jet, so it would have been Jetman, parenthetical, but Jet like from that wing song and parentheses, right, which we liked, but didn't flow as well. And we were talking about this with producer Mark, and we said, or I, I said, I, you know, I really like. Uh, you know, I can't come up with anything, and he said, Jetman with a Golden Gun, and we said, perfect. So, this is it. For a number of reasons. Welcome back to the show, friends. Uh, every week, we watch an episode of the show. Oh, the show, by the way, I haven't actually mentioned this. Uh, Jetman with the Golden Gun is the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to (laughs) Shojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of that show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. The listeners. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, hey. how are you today? I'm great, man. I'm great. That's it. I'm pretty, I'm good. I'm looking forward to the show. I haven't watched any of Jetman. Oh, uh, it's, it's going to be a rare treat, Dave. I, yeah, but I feel prepared. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm ready. I'm ready to go into it. Even though I've never seen the show. Well, you've already taken your introductory course. Like, you have seen a full season at this point. So, uh, listeners, if you are new to the show, if you didn't listen to our previous season, Live and Let Die Ranger... And it would be great if you were. Oh, yeah. Listen, if you're new to the show, welcome. I'm glad to have you. Uh, The way that the show works is that I am a fan of the Super Sentai series. I'm not an expert. I'm not any sort of uh, historian or scholar of the form... I just yeah, like it not even lot. a little bit. Uh, and so I have watched a handful of full series of this show, and then a smattering of things besides. I have spent a lot of time sort of diving in to Wikipedia pits and figuring out what I could about the show from that. Dave, my brother, has That's me. had previous to the first season of the show, never watched any of the Super Sentai. Yeah, not the original. Yes. Version. He, he watched some Power Rangers, but never any Super Sentai. Right. Yeah. And so the the show is that every week we watch an episode in order of whatever season it is that we're watching that year. Uh, originally it was Gosei Sentai Dying Ranger. this year it is Shojin Sentai Jetman, which is the 1991 series. And we're doing it! We're starting again. We're doing it! We uh, are back from our sort of two-week hiatus from our normal format, although not actually from putting out episodes. Right. And we are now going to go into our uh, award winning opening segment. Dave, Shining in the Heavens, there are five Mm -hmm. stars. And we've kind of already covered the first one, but what is our first star of the week? So, our first star of the week, Matt, is that we are doing season two of this bad boy. We are doing Jetman with a Golden Gun. It is on. On, like Donkey Kong. So, okay, do you, Dave, know anything about Jetman before we get into this? And I don't want to tell you much. I just want to sort of gauge your uh, knowledge level here. What I know about Jetman is that it is bird-themed. Yes. And that they are powered by birdonic energy. And I know that because you literally could not keep it a secret from me. And that's the only reason I know it. It's and that's basically good. everything I know. Okay, so without sort of telling you anything else, really, I will tell you that this is the 1991 series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the last series before they started bringing the show over to America to transform into the Power Rangers. Okay, so this predates uh, Super Sentai Zou Ranger, uh, which became Kyoryu Sentai Zou Ranger. What was it? I think it's Kyoryu Sentai Zyuranger. Ranger. I've got another Ky- one. Okay, room. so but this predates. Zoo Ranger by a year. Zoo Ranger is what ultimately became Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Correct. Right? Okay. So this is two years before Gosei Sentai Dai Ranger. Right. So, got it. This is the 91 series. It's the last one before they turned them into Power Rangers. I've heard rumors. This might be true. It might not be. I couldn't find anything definitive. Um, And, again, listeners, I'm not any sort of an expert. I did a quick Google search and could not find anything that looked legit. Uh, But I heard that they had talked about using this as the foundation for the first season of Power Rangers. But it was just, the show didn't translate properly for it. (laughs) It just made so little sense. And, like, having seen most of Jetman, because I actually have not, I I know I was going to finish it before we started doing this, but things came up. I'm, like, 35 episodes in. I'll get there. Uh, so long as I'm ahead of you, I think we're fine. Uh, yeah, So, having seen legit. most of this show and having seen all of Zhu Ranger, I can tell you that Zhu Ranger is much easier to translate into a show for American children. Okay. Right on. Uh, Jetman, Dave, Jetman's going to get a little raw. It's going to get real. <laughs> it's going to get oh, real, real. Well, okay. Uh, so, right just on. buckle up for that. Um, I don't want to tell you anything else about the show, and we should probably get onto our second star, but that's the deal. We're back. We're watching Jetman. Dave, what is our second star of the week? Okay, so our second star of the week is that our sister, Katie, is in the United States, which is amazing and cool, and has not actually been the case for the last, like, four years-ish, barring, like, some short visits. So our little sister, Katie, like I said, uh, graduated college with a Spanish major And then immediately moved to South America, teaching English for, like, two years. And then came back to the States for a little bit and then moved to South Korea or cell phone Korea for two years and has been teaching English there. So she's been out of the – and then before she graduated, actually, she was on a bunch of, like, Like, study abroad stuff. So basically, for the last, like, four or five years, other than, like, a couple of months here and there – she has usually been abroad, but she is back now yeah. with no immediate plans to leave again. And it's great to have her back. She is in the other room. She's actually going to probably watch the episode with me when we finally get around to it. That's great. Katie, welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, welcome back. Uh, you're super cool, and we're very proud of you, and we're happy to have you back in the States. So, welcome back to America, and uh, I will pick you up from Matt's place tomorrow. Okay. So, our dear little sister being back in the States... Matt, what is our third Star of the Week? Dave, our third Star of the Week is a book that I bought. It was a story that I've actually read before, but when I had read it before, it was online in a... Old, like, I read through it because the story was that great, but the okay. uh, the website is almost unusable. And this is uh, Tom Scioli's American Barbarian. And oh, Dave, yeah. Is, that guy's website is terrible. Like... Everything he puts like on I that website read is amazing. I don't think he has ever updated his website. Uh, and dude. honestly, he doesn't need to. Like, I would rather he spend more time making awesome comics. Because that is 100% yeah. what that dude does all the time. But I have a beautiful hardcover edition here, uh, printed by IDW. And it has gone from a terrible, like, a great story with a terrible reading experience to a okay. great story with an amazing reading experience. It's it's right hard cover. The pages are beautiful. It's got a ribbon uh, uh, bookmark in there for no reason because I can't imagine sitting down to this thing and not reading it cover to cover. Um, It's great, and I love it. Guys, if you have not read American Barbarian, uh, it is a dude with red, white, and blue hair, and a bunch of brothers who also have red, white, and blue hair. uh, And he gets chosen to carry the legendary star sword because he manages to pull the entire tangle of swords... Uh, and then he has to fight a giant evil pharaoh with tank feet named Two Tank Omen. And it's the Which, it is the actual best guys. American. Listen, Borean, if that doesn't touch something deep in your soul, there are both. There's something wrong, dude. With there you. are dinosaurs and robots and robot dinosaurs in this book. Mm. There's a beautiful two page spread where he basically like invades the Technodrome by himself and beats up a bunch of people. Okay. Hold up, Matt. There is, and I'm going to let you say it because it's such a pleasure. Just the words coming out of your mouth feel so good. So American Barbarian, his father and all his brothers are killed by two tanko I believe. Yes, I've only read the first part of it because like I said, this guy's website is terrible, but I want to borrow that hardcover. Anyways, in response to the death of his brother and father's, Matt, what does American Barbarian do to remind himself of his new mission in life? Uh, so what he does is he carves the word revenge onto his hands, but he doesn't... You know how you see people with, like, knuckle tattoos? Matt, but Matt, revenge only does it doesn't have ten whole letters in it. I know. The last three... Fingers just have exclamation marks carved into them. <laughs> and that is a fact. I, I knew that. I just wanted to ask you anyways. Uh, it is 100% over the top, but also 100% earnest about it. It is great. This book has an, a forward written by Rob Liefeld. Dude, I you need to read this, Dave. And all of you listeners need to go out and get yourself a copy of American Barbarian. It's amazing. That's all I got on the third star of the, that's the week. All, that's all I got. Uh, it just sounds rad. Dave... What is our fourth star of the week? Okay, Matt. Continuing our theme of amazing things. This is, I don't know if this is legit amazing, but I love it anyways. I just got, for like $8, the complete series of King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Oh, dude, Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Yes! Okay, this show is amazing. It's not amazing. It's well, okay. I mean, amazing just means you are amazed by. It. So it is amazed. technically amazing. Okay, so if you've never seen King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, first thing it came out in like 1994, maybe, and it is the most <laughs> like it's the most aggressively slash unapologetically toyetic show I've ever seen. There is no effort made to differentiate. Like, they made the toys first and then drew the cartoon characters to match what the toys were, all right? Okay. So here is, I appreciate you playing along with this because I know that you've seen King Arthur and the Knights of Justice because we watched it together, but I appreciate you playing the role of like the person who's never seen it before. So just keep doing that. You got it, dude. (laughs) Okay. So we open up, we are in Camelot. Like I almost want to do a special episode just about this show, Matt. So we open up in Camelot. Camelot is being besieged by the forces of the sorceress Morgan the Fay and her general Lord Viper. V y p e r. Okay. Of course. You know, before right. you said that Lord Viper bit, I was about to say this sounds like fairly standard Arthurian stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord Viper, not in Arthurian legend. So, besieged by the forces of Lord Viper and his, like, stone knights or something. Stone knights are Axe Guy, who has an axe on his head. Okay. Uh, hammer Guy. Are, these, is, are these the actual names of these characters, or did you just not bother Dude, I to remember the names? I don't know. I don't know their names. So, there's Hammer Guy, who has, like, a skull helmet, but also, like, uh, giant hammers attached, not to his fists, but his, like, forearms but not in a way that seems as though they would be convenient at all to use. There's a bird guy who has, like, wings. And then also an enormously, like, racially offensive, there's no polite way to say it, but, like, like a tribal guy who has, like, he's got, like, a giant bone club. Like, it's really bad. Okay, okay. Okay. I mean, as bad as it seems like from a like toy centric cartoon from nineteen ninety four. Y- yeah. Okay. I just yeah, just imagine how bad that could be, and it's not. It, it is exactly that bad. It is. It is exactly. It's not worse, but it is exactly that bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. So they are being besieged by Lord Viper and his forces. Merlin casts a spell to search through time for someone who can take... Oh, sorry. The real King Arthur and the actual Knights of the Round Table are trapped in the Cave of Glass, which they're like trapped in a crystal or something. So Merlin casts a spell to search through time to find someone who is a worthy successor to King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. And what does he find, Dave? What he finds, what back, could possibly, me, What could possibly stand up to the legend of the Knights of the Round Table? <laughs> what he finds is not King Arthur, Matt, but Arthur King... Okay. ...who is the captain, slash, or the quarterback, rather, of the professional football team, the Knights. Oh, but of course... Yeah, so the spell, they're like, they've just won a game, and they're on like their tour bus, I guess, which is inexplicably driven by one of the members of the team. And the spell causes them to like drive off a cliff into a portal, and then when they wake up, they are all in like medieval gear sitting around the round table. So sure. it like, makes 100% right. sense. All right. So <laughs> they're like, what's going on? This is very strange. And Merlin shows up. He's like, oh, yeah. Here's like the five second rundown. King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table are trapped in the Cave of Glass. You need to rescue them. And if you don't, like history will be screwed up forever. And so you need to save us. And also this is Guinevere and she's like totally the best. That is all the explanation that Arthur King requires to immediately get up from the table. is like, okay, well, let's just punch these guys in the face. Lancelot is like, yeah, let's do wait, it. Did, did you say Lancelot? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, Lance. His running back's name is Lance. Of course it is. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and they're like, okay, yeah, let's just go punch these guys. And Merlin's like, whoa, whoa. Actually, hey, wait, guys, hold on. They have, like, swords and armor and everything. You guys need to get this ready. So he says the round table... Merlin says this. The round table will imbue you with like knowledge of how to fight and all of these things, but you just have to activate it. And they immediately Arthur and the rest of the knights immediately say, "Okay, cool, let's do that." Without any further explanation, they all like put their fists in the middle of the table forming a ring, which is absurd because the table itself is gigantic. So they must have like crawled up on the table to put their fists in the ring because it's clearly in the middle. And they (laughs) recite this oath. And it's like a Green Lantern style, like they're all saying it in unison. They very clearly have practiced it despite the fact that they've never done this before. Which would be okay because Merlin does say that the table will imbue them with all the knowledge that they need, but they need to do the oath to activate the table. So I don't know how they know the oath for the first time. Uh, I did, so, they I think do in this, this instance, you could literally say a wizard did it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And so they do this, and then, like, the table like shoots out of the ground on, like, pistons or something. Like, it's very clearly not mad. It's really, like, it's magical. Like, the Celestials are magical. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Uh, or the Asgardians, maybe. Like, it's technology that's so advanced. Anyways. And so, and then, like, energy shoots out, and then they all get armor slash a weapon. Okay, so welcome to our King Arthur and the Knights of, the Just- uh, Knights of Justice podcast, friends. <laughs> Apparently we aren't oh, talking oh, about Jetman at all. In the opening, in the opening, is like this amazing power palette. Just go look it up if you've never seen it. King Arthur and the Knights of Justice opening. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. So yeah, so that's our fourth star, Matt. I got the whole season of the show, and I'm real jazzed about watching it. What is our fifth star of the week, Matt? Dave, our fifth star of the week is a video game that I just bought. And listen, I'm not a- Wait, a video game? A video game, I know. You're shocked, right? I'm blown away. Because normally, I don't buy video games. Okay, I I said that as a joke, because of course I buy video games. I have a podcast about Jetman. Um, well, not yet you don't. Well, we, we're we almost there. So far, I have a podcast about King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, there's a game I bought. I don't normally buy games new, but when Nintendo puts out something new and cool, I usually pick it up. I got Super Mario Maker, and Dave, it is a blast. Dude, I'm really excited about playing that game. A uh, quick rundown is that basically they have made a... It's almost not even a game. It is a tool that you can use to make Super Mario Brothers levels from like a variety of different eras, like Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers Three, Super Mario World, and one of the ones for the Wii, I think.
1: Awesome, Um,
0: and it's great. Like it's like honestly, the only reason that I was able to stop playing that to come do this is that they only let you get like new tools like a little bit every day. To kind of ease you into learning ah, okay. how to make the levels, but you can also then go and play all the levels that somebody that other people have made. And so the Dude, game they has given them. me like they, like they really kill it. They have just given me infinite Super Mario Brothers to play. And I won't lie, some of it's very bad, because <laughs> like as it turns out, making a level in Super Mario Bros. is kind of hard. Like to make a good level. Yeah, that place. makes sense. Uh, anyway, so I just wanted to say that. That's a great time. But Yo, no, uh, listen, man, I want to get over to your place and check that game out. That sounds amazing. Oh, absolutely. Um, But we should stop talking about all of those things and start talking about Jetman. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We're going to go watch the first episode of Shojin Sentai Jetman. It's called Seek the Warriors. And we will be back right after this. (coughs) Okay, Dave, welcome back. We have just finished <laughs> watching episode one of Shoujin Sentai Jetman. <laughs> Dave, how'd you like it, man? Uh, It was great. It was great. Okay, listen. So, obviously, we've watched an entire Super Sentai series already. Right. And what's great is that, like, I knew that the show was going to be great. And I knew kind of why it was going to be great but I didn't know the specific way in which it was going to be great. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. It, you could also say that exact same sentence and replace great with bizarre. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Great slash completely absurd. Right, I knew that it was going to be true, and I knew why it was going to be true, but I didn't know the exact way in which it was going to be true. But it was totally true, and let's talk about it. Okay, so this show starts. The year is 1990X. Yeah, which is, uh, I think, the same time that Mega Man 2 takes place. Uh, I think you might be right. So but it's the I'm year 1990X. The, uh, the Earth Defense Sky Force is protecting Earth from their satellite base called the Earthship. Right. Okay, here's something that doesn't make sense to me. Why, Why it's is it called the 90- Earthship when it's in space? <laughs> yeah. But why is it nineteen ninety X? Because that gives you a span of like ten years. Why wouldn't it be X99 something? Maybe they were just really hopeful that like sometime in the next ten years they were going (laughs) to have like you know, Earth Sky Force. (laughs) Right. We have got between one and nine years to make this happen. Let's get on it. Okay. Okay. So the year nineteen ninety hits the ground running. <laughs> right. They tell us about the uh satellite defense base and Which then is there we, to maintain world peace. We cut down to a warehouse. Yep. Where something has gone wrong. A factory robot that has a laser gun attached to it. It's it, it is basically looks like control. an off brand Dalek. <laughs> it is. So it's like a it's like a real like a real rough Dalek. Like a like a Soviet-block-era Dalek. You know what yeah. I mean? Actually, Dave, I will tell you exactly what this thing looks like. Um, in the X-Men arcade game. Okay. Uh, the Like the second level of... the Like the second area of the first level. This like is a real deep end, cut, dude. You go down the elevator, and then there are these things that are going back and forth on rails, and they look sort of like welder bots, but they're shooting lasers at you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Amazingly, I do. Yeah. Okay. It looks. like Yeah. That. No. That's. Yeah. That's what they look like. <laughs> what? I'm. I'm not even sure what to do with that one. <laughs> Welcome to the show, listeners. I promise it's not always weird, like X Men arcade game deep cuts. But it pretty much always is. Okay. It's so always there, a... looking <laughs> beneath the surface. <laughs> so, oh, so the first thing that they say is they're like, "Oh, factory robot is out of control," because we see the report coming into Earth Defense Skyforce ship. And there's, like, a laser—the laser robot is going crazy. And only then, actually, do we find out it's on Earth. They didn't say that at first. They just said it was going crazy. So, <laughs> this robot—okay. So, this robot is going nuts. And the two, like, super cops, I guess, show up on rad dirt bikes. Because it's a Sentai show. And so, you know you've got to get that rad dirt bike action. Right. They take it off sweet jumps. Well, no, they don't, actually. They jump, but there's no jumps. Anyways, we'll get to that in a second. So so this woman, not one of the super cops, just a lady, is like running and then she trips over something and like she has a baby with her. She just has a baby with her. So she has this baby with her and she trips and she like launches this baby forward. It's like you're watching someone like, try to walk in an infomercial. You know how in an infomercial people people do things, like, cartoonishly bad? Like, you know, you you don't just accidentally spill some water while you're using the calendar. You accidentally cover the entire floor with spaghetti. Like, she does not just trip and fall. She does this launching move where she just hucks her baby across a parking lot. She is doing an advertisement for a product that makes carrying your baby super easy and safe. So she launches this baby... Like, she's a quarterback. Just hurls it across the parking lot. The lady super cop is like, Oh no! And jumps off of her bike. And, like, dive catches the baby. Rad. So, while she is doing this, uh, the male super cop rides his dirt bike straight at the rampaging robot while blue lasers are just (laughs) flying at him. Across, I will point out, a completely flat surface. Like he's on a driveway or something. So he's riding towards this thing. He's getting shot with lasers. He gets hit in one arm. He gets hit in the other arm. Some lasers are passing by him, and he knows it is time to rev the engine and do a sweet jump. <laughs> he does not jump off of anything; right. there is no ramp. He revs right. the throttle, and then he is in the air with an explosion behind him, and it's this, amazing. It's this like a night rider jump out of nowhere, and there's no explanation as to where this explosion comes from either. Just something explodes behind him. It's super rad, and so he dives. So he dives off of the dirt bike and manages to, like, tackle the laser welder bot and hit the off button and then the day is saved. And the lady super cop runs over and she, like, kisses him on the cheek and it is very clear that these two are not only super cops, but super cops in love, which is the name of my next novel. (laughs) (laughs) I would buy, I would buy literally anything with that title. I would buy a concept album. I would buy a novel. I would buy a comic book. Dude, Supercaps and Love. Supercaps and you Love 2016. Okay. So we do a quick cut co- back to the ship and like the personnel are like scurrying around and the door opens up and the chief is there. The chief, who I actually didn't catch this, Matt Oh yeah, I was looking at the, I was trying to remember what this character's name was, because I'm not sure they actually say it in this episode, or if they do, I missed it. Uh, they just the call her the name, Chief, as far as I can tell. Uh, her name is Commander Aya Udagiri. Okay. And again, I apologize for any and all failed uh, pronunciations of Japanese words and names. Yeah, guys, we do our best. Our best that doesn't involve us, like, working too hard. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but I was looking at her Wikipedia page, and the actress who plays Commander Aya Adegeri, who I will probably just refer to as the Commander. The Chief. Or the Chief. I, I prefer calling her the Chief. That's what she is in my notes. Uh, just because it's fun. Anyway, so the Chief, the actress who plays her, is the same actress who played Ko's mom in Die Ranger two years yeah. later. Yeah, which, which is, is totally weird because awesome. Because she is like an active, awesome character in this show. Like, the Chief is great. And Co's mom is basically a non-entity. Yeah, that is a little because I, dude, I honestly didn't even like notice. I didn't even realize that it was like the same person because she's so much more energetic and interesting, and actually getting things done and getting right. information just like, across to people. Yeah, like oh, the man. polar she opposite is, of Ko's she mom. She is to the point, but we're right. going to get to that in just a few minutes. So, so she says. She walks in and she says, who are those two? I want to recommend them for, I think she just literally says, like, for the Jetman program or something. Uh, I think it's called the J Project. The J Project, that's it. Okay, so we cut, cut away. We see two super cops. They are on the space station with the chief, and they're like, Jetman, what's up with that? Okay, sorry. I'm smiling, so it's hard to talk. So she says, you will be imbued... With burdonic energy. Like, we have just developed burdonic energy. Like, right. we've invented You'll like, you be zapped with burdonic waves, and then you'll be transformed into the Jetman. Right. Now, the lady super cop, her name is, uh, it's spelled R-I-E. It's like Rie. 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 Yeah, I believe. And she says, right, we're not, like, we're not going to be turned into something weird, right? Like... And then she's like, oh, no, it's cool. You'll just be, you know, like, you'll be superheroes. And then the male super cop, his name is Ryu. Yeah. Not Rio. This is Ryu. Yeah. We finally got it straight, and now it actually is Ryu. So Ryu says, hey, um, like, are we going to have to break up our partnership for this? Wink, 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 wink nudge, rink, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, we are clearly dating. Yeah. And she says, and no, no, no. Don't worry about that. Like, you two seem to work well together. We're going to keep you together. Everything's going to yeah. be great. Well, because... Jetman project is for a five person, surprise, surprise, a five person squad. So she says, You guys will both be Jetmen. Like, it's cool. And they do a little cute thing where they like hold each other's hands like behind their backs so she doesn't see. Right. She clearly sees them. Okay. So we cut away and then Listen, we just Dave, see. Uh, let me tell you something. Subtlety is not reused, strong point. Uh, I don't know that I would describe subtlety as the strong point of literally anyone in the Dairanger (laughs) or the Super Sentai universe, with the possible exception of Doshikaku. Oh, dude, that man was all about subtlety. Yeah. And new listeners, to find out what we're talking about, please refer to season one (laughs) of the Dairanger. The entire season of Ghostly Sentai Dairanger. Okay. We apologize for the sound quality in the first three episodes. That was our fault, not producer Mark, who does a great job. He's a winner. So... So it immediately cuts there's like a giant meteorite with like a glowy thing in the middle, and it is the viram who are just clearly the bad guys. It is their evil class- castle rock, I think is what it said I we believe co- that's correct i didn't write it down, but it, evil it sounds correct rock. enough, right Put Those words in any sort of an order you get the idea right it's a giant meteorite castle rock thing, okay, so we jump from there back to. Spaceship Earth, or whatever it's called. Uh, the Earthship. The and Earthship. they thank are you. just jumping straight into the J project. Like, right. immediately. Like, yeah. Ryu is strapped to a chair, Force Gun is on standby, and it is about to zap him with those Berdonic Waves. Yeah, sorry. Force Gun is what they use to deliver said Berdonic Waves. And okay, Dave, so there will was. There's just something... describe to me what happens when he is imbued with the Berdonic Waves. <laughs> okay. Man, I would love to get to that, but there's something I want to talk about for like half a second first. Sure. Is that. We cut in, like, there's a panning in shot to the gun as they're setting this whole thing up, and there is just very clearly a white lady. Like, it is just a Caucasian lady with, like, blonde hair who is part of the cast. Which I would, I mean, it makes sense because it's the Earth Defense Force. It was just weird because I've literally never seen, like, a non Japanese person in Super Sentai. You know, I've seen it in a couple of shows here and there, and. Okay, let me sort of take this back out of Jetman to a sort of more broad strokes picture of the Super Sentai franchise. Yeah. So generally speaking, and this is a broad generality, but it's mostly true, you've got two main kinds of seasons of this show. You either have the season where everyone has some sort of magic or supernatural power, and they're using it to fight some other enemy that also has a magic or supernatural power, right? Uh, Okay, yeah. And those are like the fantasy years. And then other years, you get what is what Jetman is, which is more of a sci-fi show, where what will typically happen is by some sort of invention, five people are given superpowers that they use to fight what is normally some kind of invading force from either another planet or another dimension or something like that, right? Okay. And so, in the sci-fi series, very often, the... uh, idea of the show is that there will be a sort of global defense force like uh what's it called in this one uh earth defense sky force earth defense yeah something like that so you've got a sort of a lot of versions of that throughout the history of the show and often when that organization is shown they Mm -hmm. will toss in a few non-japanese actors just to sort of give you the feeling like okay like we say it's a, a global thing and look like, there's a white guy. There's a black person. Like, these oh, are global okay. things. Well, I was sort of... I was thinking that made sense, because, like, it is an Earth defense force. So, yeah, no, that's red. Okay, so sorry. Let's cut back to what's actually happening in this show. Oh, we do not want to miss this. <laughs> this year... So, okay, Ryu is <laughs> okay. getting zapped at the perdonic waves, and his eyes are going crazy, and he's sort of, like, shaking in his chair. Right, and he's Ria doing Ryu tries this to sort run of... over to him, but gets pulled away because, like, he's in the process, you know? Yeah, and it's doing this sort of... He's doing this sort of, like, standard, like, strainy, weird noises that happen, you know, whenever a hero is subjected to some sort of... You know, he's doing, like, the Captain America transformation, like, oh, oh, sort of sounds, right? While then it's happening... On the outside, we are treated to a picture of what's happening, I guess, in his brain. And we just get, like, a super quick series of, like, flash cuts, right? (laughs) Okay. So, we see, like, it's, like, anatomy. Okay, that makes sense because it's, like, a dude. And then there's, like, some, like, weird, like, coruscating energy effects, which, all right, bradonic energy. And then we just get, like, cuts of, like, astronomy shots, and then we just see, like, a bird, like a hawk, just looking around. And then it cuts to, like, Da Vinci's notebook. And, and, and like, flying machines <laughs> yeah. from the Renaissance. It's just all sorts of, like, look, it's a person, and it's science, and it's birds, and it's flying, and it's crazy. It's, <laughs> it, it it's, makes, it's, yeah. it's wonderful. Okay. So then, right when that is done, like, he's like, okay, I'm Cool. The Viram attack. And okay, their mode of attack is kind of weird because they do like a hollow projection over like into Earthship One or whatever, and then across the entire planet. People are seeing it in like the reflections of their cups of coffee in mirrors, in the sky. Everybody gets the message all at once. That the virum are, A, attacking, and B, rule all things in the universe. Yeah, they say, like, bow on your knees, we are your new gods, we rule everything, we have come from, like, far dimensions to attack you. Yeah, so they actually say, I think they say it here, they say, we have finally come to the third dimension to conquer you. So apparently, we, we live in the third dimension, which you know makes a degree of sense. I don't know what dimensions they were in previous because they're not flat people, so it's not like they started with dimension one. Yeah, don't, dude. Maybe, maybe they started in the first dimension and they conquered that. That You know, we live in three dimensions. We live in three dimensional space. Um, and but the way they talk about dimensions is more like uh, like dimension X. You know, yeah, like, like it's multiverse just like an alternate dimensions. universe that they're cutting through. Yeah. But we and- are very definitely, like, in the third dimension. Right. So, okay. So the Vyrum attack. And, uh, yeah, so they are just on it. Like, and I think this is, like, maybe five minutes into the show. But the virus are just there, and they are attacking. Done. And as a demonstration of their power, they say, We are going to destroy the Earthship. So, oh, check it yeah, out. That's right. Here we go. So they attack, and they are just. Like, they're just attacking. Oh, uh, Radit, Radigat, Radigat? Uh Radigat. Radigat is the name of the primary bad guy that we, that we see here. Okay. So, Ryu and Rie and the chief are running along a hallway, and a, like an explosion happens, and a hole gets knocked in the wall, and Rie gets sucked out because they're in space, right? And so, Ryu goes to grab her arm and is holding onto her and trying to pull her back into the Earthship desperately trying, does not actually manage to do it. So, episode one, dude's girlfriend is dead. I think this is before the commercial break. This is before the title cut, I think. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> like, I, I don't actually think we get a title cut in this episode, do we? Uh, I don't remember, but whatever. Anyways, so yeah, episode one, this dude's girlfriend is sucked into the infinite blackness of the vacuum of space and dies... A uh, horrific and 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 quick death. So she's dead now. So he freaks out. Understandably oh, and then like, uh, like so. a blast door lowers, basically. Oh, yeah. Like suction. it couldn't have lowered. Yeah. It's like this stupid blast door lowers. So he freaks out because he starts trying to like get the blast door open to go after her. And the chief is just like, no, we need to go right now. And just jacks him in the stomach. He doubles over and he... And she drags him to the hangar bay where they get on, like, the Jetman-branded jet plane and fly off as the place explodes. Yeah, okay, just, it's a red plane in case you were, in case it wasn't, like, glaringly obvious, Ryu is the Red Ranger. Oh, Oh, yeah. He is Red Hawk. Right. So, oh, Red Hawk, got it. So this is where uh, things get really weird for the J-Project, in the explosions, the megagun, the uh, Berdonic wave machine, the Berdonic wave machine is destroyed. But it already contained all of those burdonic waves in right. it. Right. And, and so they had to explodes, go somewhere. They just fly out towards Earth and zap four randos in Japan. Right. So only one member of the Jetman team is actually, like, supposed to be. Everybody else is a total rando that is just, like, you just got hit by pedonic waves, bro. You're a superhero. So. And we will, we we see them all getting zapped, but we will introduce them to you as they are introduced more fully to us. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, we see them, but we won't go into that now. So, it cuts down to Sky Camp, Which is apparently the name of Jetman headquarters. And, man, it is going to take everything in me to not just call it Space Camp for the rest of this season. (laughs) Uh, you know, whatever, man. Bird Camp, Bird Space Camp, Space Camp, whatever. Dude, everybody wants to go to Space Camp. Everybody wants to go to Space Camp. I actually... Okay, so you know the Space Camp movie? Uh, yeah. Yeah, where they accidentally get launched into space? Sure. I did not see the beginning of that movie when I was a kid. And so for a pretty, like for a while until I realized that like this would be ridiculous, I was pr- I thought that space camp like you just actually went into space. That would be a pretty good camp. That would be a pretty good camp. Pretty good slash terrifying. See my comments regarding the infinite yawning blackness that is space. Sure. Okay. So they're at Sky Camp, which is Jetman headquarters, and Ryu wakes up and is sort of, like, freaking out, like, where's R.A., blah, blah, blah. And the chief. chief says, like, oh, you must not be fully awake yet. Your girlfriend done died. <laughs> she just, she's like, your girlfriend is dead. And Ryu starts, like, freaking out, like he's crying. And this is a quote. The chief says, cry if you must, cry now so you won't cry again. Oh, and she also takes the opportunity to just smack the heck out of him. Oh, yeah. And she just, just knock him it. back onto a couch. Okay. So she he says, like, right. She's like, you need to get it together because you need to fight the Vyrum. And he's like, ha, I'm just a guy. And the chief, she gives him a look like he's kind of an idiot. And she says, you've been made into a jet man, like, prodonic waves. Do you not remember this entire thing? So right, she like it was says, kind of a big deal, remember? Da Vinci, bird faces. <laughs> and so she just slaps a bracelet on his wrist. And this is his cross-changer. And that right. is the thing that transforms the Jetman into their super-powered personas. Right. So he's like, all right, Jet Man, got it. So we cut away from Space Camp, and we see a monster, and it's like a weird, like, Like, bug amalgamation monster, maybe Mm -hmm. is the best way to say it. It's definitely buggy, but not identifiable to, like, any particular bug. So he's got this, like, mouth tentacle thing. Yeah, it's real gross. Then he, like, he spits out, and it latches onto a dude. The dude, like, there's a flash, and the guy disappears, and there's just, like, his empty clothes sitting on the park bench where he was. And then we get a close-up on the monster, and, like, it's... It's butt glows and then it gets bigger. So like I don't I don't remember what this thing is called. I'm just going to be calling it energy butt for the rest of the episode. Yeah, it's kind I mean, of bug butt. Well, what is that? The not the thorax. Yeah, the thorax. Yeah, the thorax it's thorax grows. It's but energy weird. Isn't as funny as energy butt. So yeah, so energy, energy butt. Yeah, so energy butt is like turning people into eggs, and that's gross. So then we see Ryu and the chief, and they're driving around in like a totally sick white convertible. Oh, this convertible is Jetman branded. Like, it has their logo on it. Oh, does it? I missed that. Yeah. That's oh, by awesome. The Jetman logo looks almost exactly like the, uh, the Phoenix logo from X Men Comics. Oh, okay. Good to know.
1: Like so, if you were just
0: trying to imagine what that looks like, they have a Burdonic wave detector. All right. And they are driving around, because remember, it's just like four randos, right? So they're trying to find the other four people that have been struck by bradonic energy. And I guess their plan is to literally just drive around Japan with this yeah, detector. They just have like a magic Geiger counter, and they're trying to find these people. Because <laughs> they have no, like no idea. They don't have any other way to do this. There's not like a satellite version of this technology. So I guess they're just cruising Japan looking for four human beings. But they find one, which is great. Yeah, so they luckily, drive these people up. are not that far away. Right. So they drive up, and it's, like, this super swank house, and they go in the back, and they just kind of walk in, I guess, and no one thinks that's weird. And there is a girl there, and she's clearly, like, maybe, like, the daughter of whoever owns the house, and she's in, like, very traditional, like, Japanese dress, okay, yeah, I Dave, I will just tell you I so far as the 35 episodes I've seen she does not have any like parents or anything. Like she is an adult. She lives there. She is like, you know, a wealth. She's just a wealthy person. She comes from money. She is a oh. landed noble. Oh, not, okay. Like, right. Nobleman, you, but like if you had to give her a class in like the Star Wars role playing games, yeah, she'd yeah, yeah. be a noble. You know, honestly, she just seems so butler uh, and just infinite money. She just seemed so young that I assumed that she was kind of yeah, I assume she was a teenager because, like, all heroes in Japanese shows are teenagers. Uh, but... Yeah, but you got to remember, this is ninety one. There's actually only one character in this show who is a teenager, and we uh. haven't met her yet. Okay, so okay, so what's the Pink Ranger? I don't actually know her name. Uh, actually, not Pink Ranger. She's the White Ranger. She's White Swan, and oh. her name is Kaori. Kaori? Yeah. K a o r i. Okay. So <laughs> they're like, yeah. So here's the deal. Oh no, so Ryu starts to go into this thing, and the girl looks kind of freaked out, and the chief grabs his arm and shakes her head no. And do you think that maybe the chief is going to explain something? Maybe she does, but we don't see it, because it just cuts away, and then we cut back, and the girl is just like, oh yeah, that sounds totally rad. I'm totally into being Jetman. Although she actually... Okay, so since Jetman is not a Japanese word, like... They don't use a different Japanese word that translates to Jetman. They are just jetman. But when they say it, um, they say uh jetoman. Yeah. Um and so when Kaori hears this, what she thinks they are saying is gentlemen. hmm And so there's this bit, she's like, wait, so I'm already a gentleman? What is happening here? Yeah. And they're like, No, 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 Jetman. And she's like, Yeah, right, Jetman. So I will totally join your team of gentlemen. They're like, no, 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 Jetman. I have a feeling that this is going to be like an ongoing joke. It's really only for this and maybe the next episode. Oh, that's kind of disappointing, actually. So (laughs) so she says like, yeah, I will absolutely join the Jetman. And her (laughs) reasoning is that she's bored. Yeah, she's like, I have been looking forward to something that will like help me escape this boring life. And plus, I'll get to help save the world. This is great. Awesome. Like, this could not have gone any better for Ryu and the Chief. And then be <laughs> immediately cut to where they find the Yellow Ranger, and it goes, like, as poorly as it can. Okay, so they go meet the Yellow Ranger, who is played by Cameo. Like, it's just Cameo. Yeah, it is the dude who played Cameo from Die Ranger. Right. He's got glasses, he has this, almost the same haircut. Uh, he is a farmer. His name is Raita. Yeah. And he does not care about the Jetman program at all. He doesn't want to fight. All he wants to do is to be left alone to grow his cucumbers and his cabbages. Right. And and he's like, yeah, but, yeah, but no, but you're a jet man? Like, did you not remember getting zapped with the perdonic waves? And he's like, yeah, no, I remember that happening. I just don't care. I just want to be a farmer. I'm not interested. Please leave my farm. I have plenty of things to do. And he just, like, storms past them and goes into his greenhouse. Right. So the White Ranger, what did you say your name was again? kauri kauri so kauri turns to ryu and the chief and she says listen leave me here maybe i can like reason with him and you guys go on And they're like all right yeah that sounds good so she goes into the house and I, her strategy i think is just to flirt with him
1: yeah <laughs> she's just I, like I, 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 wow. that's sort of what it seems like like I'm wow these flirt, vegetables are so great
0: a, like, be friendly and try to get him to, like, stop being so defensive. And so she does that. She's like, oh, man, these vegetables are great. You made some delicious food. This is wonderful. Yeah. And so he just is like, yeah, okay, like, this is, you seem fairly cool. Right on. They're, like, eating cucumbers or something. So it cuts outside. Like, they walk outside to do something. Yeah, and, and Ryu thi- and the Chief have left to go try to find the other two. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so this is super cool because this is how the putties appear. I hope this is how they appear for the whole show because it's really neat. So here's how they appear. So there's a phantom-like translucent giant hand that appears in the sky and then, like, drops come off of it of golden energy and those drops hit the ground and then they turn into little eggs and then the eggs, like, unfold and it's the Putties. I'm sure there's a name for them. I'm sure there is. I do not know what it is off the top of my head. Yeah. So those guys just attack... The White Ranger and uh, the Yellow Ranger. And they've got like swords, and I think they have like guns in their wrists or something. Like they're just pointing their wrists at people, and ch- bullets are firing out. So, yeah. And they're like Something's stepping happening. all over the farm and wrecking things. And Raita is furious. Like, yeah. he did not want to fight at all until these fools stepped on his cabbage. And, and now then... he, he is all <laughs> business. <laughs> he he, he grabs out there. A He's a hoe around. I think it's like a you No, know, it's probably a hoe. But yeah, so he attacks them with a hoe. Which is great. And uh, they're kind of freaking out. And then the White Ranger calls Coward. for help on her like wrist communicator thing. Uh, cross changer. Cross changer. Thank you. So the White Ranger calls for help on her cross changer. Red Ranger. Red Hawk, right? Red Hawk? Red Hawk. Ryu. Ryu. So Ryu gets the thing. And he's like, oh, man, I got to go help. So he runs over, jumps. He's at space camp, sky camp. Yo, he's at sky <laughs> <heat> camp. <laughs> runs over, jumps in his bird jet, and like takes off. So okay, the show is called Jetman. They all ha- they all have jets. So I mean, you could probably have seen that coming, but right. it was nice when I watched it the first time to be like, "Oh, they actually have jets!" Like, I am glad that they decided to have that make sense because okay. they really weren't obliged to. <laughs> Man, I'm not gonna. I would talk about it now, but you should see. Uh, look up when we're done. There's a YouTube sketch from Key and Peele, and it's about it's about basically like Jetman. Where there's like five different jets and they're fighting a giant robot. And the entire sketch revolves around the fact that one of them is the, they're the green jet, but he's black and they keep calling him Black Ranger. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm the Green Ranger. And they're like, chill out, Black Ranger. And then it goes from there. So you should look it up. It's hilarious. Anyways, so he like jumps in the plane jet and is like launching through the city. Because he's like he's like doing turns around like buildings and stuff, and so, so he, he finally gets to like above where the farm is, and he like pops open the cockpit and jumps out. I think yeah. he takes his helmet off first. <laughs>
1: this is so and, good. Okay,
0: so I he's, just want to be clear about something. This is the first time we've ever seen someone use a cross changer to transform, mm-hmm. and so like the, I we are led to assume that this is the first time he has actually done it. I hope and not. He, well, it's sort of it's amazing because we have never seen it before, and the first time we do, it's like okay, I guess Ryu you just trust this thing so much that he is willing to jump out of a moving plane and hope that it transforms him into something that flies. It's incredible because it does, of course. So he hurls himself out of this plane, and it's just like skydiving. He's just skydiving, and then he hits the thing like the cross changer turns into. Red hawk, and he's got, like, it's silver hawk's wings is the easiest way to say it. I was going to say dark hawk's wings, but they're all yeah, kind the, of the same. Silver hawk, dark hawk, he's got wings that extend from his wrist to his waist. Uh, wings that clearly would not be nearly enough to help you fly. But he's a jetman, so whatever. So he, like, dive bombs the putties and, like, is flying around, like, punching them. It's totally cool. <laughs> Sorry, I realize I'm not describing it super well because it's just really was going on. Like he drops and then he's flying around. And like, listen, okay, the, when they are flying in a straight line, it looks pretty good because they're just on like a cable and they're being swung. When the flying looks bad, it is when they have to turn around. <laughs> oh yeah, because they're clearly on a cable, and so they just have to make these like big wide loops. <laughs> so okay. he's doing all that stuff uh he's kicking the putties which again i'm sure have a different name but we're in the middle of an episode and i'm not gonna bother looking it up right now right and so as he is doing this they get attacked by energy butt who has come out of like a dimensional rift right and so he lands and cameo is rita sorry so right is like freaking out and red hawk throws a cross changer at him and it attaches to Rita's wrist And Rita's like what's going on and he says oh that's your cross changer that will turn you into a jet man heads up i think they are in that same damn quarry i swear to you <laughs> it I is the it. same quarry from die ranger they're just in a i don't okay so first of all i don't know how far away they've gotten from cameo's farm sorry from Rita's farm i'm gonna do that a bunch i anticipate but like, he's trying to grow vegetables in rocks because they're in a I mean, quarry. His farm is very lush, but yeah, like ten stops out, ten steps outside of it, they are in a quarry, and they are, uh, spoiler warning, about three feet away from an endless drop-off cliff. Right. I have no like. How would you? First of all, if you live that close to it, it's because it's huge. If you live, why wouldn't you have a fence or something, a safety rope? You know, it's dark. You go outside to pee because you live on a farm. I, that's what you do on a farm, right? I don't know, man. You don't want to risk. why not? Right. Uh, we apologize to any listeners we have in the agricultural community. <laughs> we value your work. <laughs> yeah. Love eating that food. Uh, okay. Seriously, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. So, <laughs> so <laughs> they are getting, like, forced back by the putties up to this cliff, which we had not seen previously. And they eventually get forced over. So Cowry Ka- and Raita are in a free fall, mm-hmm. and they you just see them wily e. coyote style sort of fall out of sight, and then you see and this is actually cool, and I think this is just a you see it a couple of times in this episode. You see an inside shot of Ryu's helmet, like like in the Iron Man movies. It's exactly th- like in the Iron Man. Yeah. Things. So they put the camera kind of inside his helmet, so you see him and he's like shadowed, but you do get to see the actor's face. It's really neat. And you can see that there's like a mouthpiece in there and sort of like the harnesses that are keeping the helmet on. Yeah. So you it's get a, very a cool sense, shot. right, as to like how the whole Jetman costume comes together. So he calls over into this microphone and he says, Guys, activate your cross changers, you know, that'll save you. We cut back to the canyon, and there's like a flash of light from the bottom, and white. What is it? White swan. A white swan and yellow owl. And yellow owl come flying up, up out of this canyon. Okay, and so here, here is a really cool thing that happens. So, Red Hawk is Ryu. Ryu is a super cop. White Swan is like a rich lady who has like she's good at playing. Like, whatever that stringed instrument she was playing earlier was, but she is not a fighter. Right. And Raita is a farmer. So they fly back up, and they are jetmen, but they are also, like, completely uncoordinated and have no idea how to fight. Like, they don't magically learn how to fight, they just get superpowers. Right, so they can fly, and... Do, do all the other stuff, but they don't actually know what to do with it. But they are very excited. Yellow Owl's sells like, we're Jetman now, this is awesome! And so they Which land. Is a hard turn from what he was thinking before. Right. But if someone well, gave hey, me listen, a magic man. watch that let me fly, I would be pretty on board pretty quickly. Right, even if you weren't initially excited, once you get the flying in, like you're pretty on, pretty cool with it. So they land. Uh, Red pulls out a sword White Swan is just kind of running away, like she she she's just asking people to not hit her, right? Which again, that would be my instinct, right? That's you know, I'm not a soldier, so there's a brief fight between. It's basically just Red Hawk and Creepy Bug Monster, and Creepy Bug Monster gets stabbed in the face because Red has a sword. Red Hawk has a sword and then he's kind of like falling over the creepy bug monster is I'm sorry Dave do you mean energy butt Uh yeah sorry energy butt We we, we gave <laughs> him a name Dave try to use it <laughs> So branding so is Ener- very important in this new season <laughs> So energy butt We're going to get some energy butt t-shirts face. going on We've got to turn a profit with this thing <laughs> Matt, we we may be in trouble if we need to turn a profit with this. Okay, so energy butt, energy butt, the incredible character find of 2015. (laughs) It's stepped in the face by Red Hawk, and this is super cool. We cut back to what's his name, the big bad guy from the Hyrum. What is it? Radigat. Radigat. So Radigat, like, is kind of tele. He's ESPing this. He's seeing it from afar. Gets super angry that energy butt goes down takes his sword and, like, stabs it into midair and cuts a hole in time and space and pulls Energy butt through this portal, which then immediately closes. So this is apparently how the Vyrom get around by, like, slicing dimensional rifts, which is awesome. Yeah, they do a lot of teleporting because, again, they exist sort of outside of our dimension, so they can just hop in and out. And yeah. actually, all of the monsters, like, their name is, like, Dimension whatever. Oh, okay. Like they're all dimensional beasts, and eventually biodimensional beasts. But we will get to that later. That's pretty rad. Okay, so Ratigan is like, who are these jet men? And then we see what I assume is the Council of the Vyrum. So there's Radigat, Gray, <laughs> who is like a weird robot. Uh, dude, Gray is an awesome robot. Okay, Gray is an uh, who is an awesome robot. Tran who has like this kind of robe thing and then what looks like a Dragon Ball Z like power sensor over her eye.
1: And, uh, and then... Tran
0: I, I think Tran is uh, Tran at least seems to be very young. Like not a little kid, but definitely seems younger than the other four. And then there's Maria who has just like li- giant dude, Matt hat. you just got to tweet a picture of her costume. I don't I have no idea how to describe it. She looks like she's wearing giant semicolons, maybe? It's that weird. is. That sounds insane, but that actually does sound kind of like what her costume is. Yeah, I think. Yeah, okay. So. That's and so it. So we get a voiceover saying, like, you know, what do these four Viram have in store? And then we cut back to Space Camp where the chief is saying, "Hey, you really need to find the other two Jetmen because if you don't, like there's no way we can win. We need the power of all five Jetmen." Right. And that is the end of episode 1. That's it. So Dave, what is your high point of this episode? Oh, and I know it's the first episode, there's a lot going on, but just give me give me something. Okay. I think my high point is the chief my, yeah, the Chief is my high point. She's like, listen, you guys are clearly on it. You're saving babies. You're turning off robots. Jetman for both of you. Oh, wait, what's that? <laughs> Your girlfriend died? Get it together. The Vyram are attacking. No time. Yeah, I'm into it. I like the Chief. Dude, the Chief does not mess around. Yeah, clearly. Uh, how about you, man? High point? Man, high point of this episode. Well, I mean, listen... I would be lying if I didn't say that the high point of this episode wasn't the sensational character find of 2015, Energy Butt. No, I mean, listen, I love Energy Butt. But um, I'm going to say that my high point of this episode is just how radically different this show is from Die Ranger and sort of how excited I was when I was watching it. Uh, for how, like, what sort of new experience it was going to be to be watching this in the next season. Yeah, it's... No, it is. It's super great. And it's, like I said in the beginning, it's cool because it is weird in the same fashion, but not in the exact same ways, which is neat. Right. So, what is your low point? My low point? Dude, I can't even think of one. Um... What's your low point? Give me a second. Okay, Dave. My low point is, okay, it is not that bad. It's just that the show we had watched in the previous season was the Dye Ranger came out in 93 and Jetman came out in 91. Okay. And at some point between 1991 and 1993, there was a significant jump in the quality of the special effects. Okay. Okay. And so, watching Jetman, I'm really having to sort of recalibrate what I expect the show to look like. Mm. It's okay, yeah, great no, that makes and sense. Wonderful and bizarre and beautiful in its own way, but I'm having to sort of look at it in a different light. And that, it, it, I, I'll admit, it took me out of it just a little bit. Uh, so, Dave, bit. what is your low point? okay the only thing i can think of as a low point it's like the first episode the only thing i can think of as a low point is that there is not maybe except the chief there is not a character who's like immediately grabbed me in the same way of like like daigo like daigo was on it from episode one and i'm sort of like okay yeah you guys are cool but like let's see what's up first and yeah. I, that's and to that's be fair, all I like, gotta we say, like we've not actually like, met all of the characters yet, right? But it's uh, yeah. I mean, hey, man, it's the first episode. Like yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of. I mean, yeah, we're really having to reach here to find a low point on this one. This was a yeah. wonderful viewing experience, and I highly recommended it to all of you, the listeners. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, do you have any more thoughts before we uh, close this guy up? Nah, man, I think I'm good. Okay, well then that is going to do it for this, the first episode of The Jetman with the Golden Gun. Before we finish up here, I'd just like to remind you all, you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, get any updates on future episodes, or talk to us there, we are at bros. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, that's what's going to help p- new people find the show, uh, especially now that we have just started season two. Now is a great time to do it. If you have been sitting on that, uh, go ahead and Stop. Uh, just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> now is the time for action. <laughs> um, anyway, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we will see you next week. <laughs>